podcast about product management, user experience design, technology, and more. This is Product by Design. All right, welcome to another episode of Product by Design with Kyle Evans. And today we have another special guest with us, uh, Barbara Elena Ramirez. Uh, Welcome to the show, Barbara. It's, It's great to have you. Yes, thank you, Carl. Uh, thank you for inviting me. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, so let me give you a little bit of an intro, and then you can fill in some of the gaps for us. But Barbara is a self-described Latina with big global dreams. And you have kind of an interesting backstory that I think we'll probably dive into a little bit more as we talk through some of the things that have brought you to where you're at right now. But you were experiencing some burnout with some of the role that roles or role that you were in at one point. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. But that drove you to following some of the uh, the things that you are doing now, following your your passion. And you realized at one point that what you were doing wasn't what you wanted to keep doing. And so you kind of changed direction and realized that at any point you can start doing something new. So you quit your cor- your corporate work and started looking for ways to launch a business from home and realize that more relaxed equals less stress and more time for yourself. So you and Nor- Norberto uh, are now two <laughs> Venezuelans working online and launched My Virtual Partner and now do corporate and strategic planning uh, for helping other businesses. So with that background, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and you know who you are and 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 what you're what you're doing? Yeah, that's that's an interesting summary of 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I try to summarize that. Um, it's very interesting because I say that I realized when I quit that job that I wanted to do something different, but I was thinking of that before. Before this, that that word that led me to to real burnout and to quit in the middle of uh, the afternoon one day and never going back. I was working in a company for different reasons in Venezuela. They needed to do some restructure in, in their teams and they needed to fire a few people and they had this mindset that because I don't have kids, then I don't have responsibilities. <laughs> and I was just taking off the, the payroll just because of that. They just kept the people that were having families. And at that time, I'm, I mean, that was like 12 years ago, maybe I was already thinking, okay, I need to do something different, but it wasn't like the right time at the moment. I guess I needed that experience in this, in this other job that I got. I worked there for about five to six years, and at the beginning was great. But then uh, the more responsibilities you get, and I I laugh every time I watch a meme about this, you get more responsibilities, the same payment, they don't get your raise on the payment, so you're getting more stress. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it was like the sum of a lot of things that one, say, one day I said, okay, I had enough. I cannot keep dealing with this. I'm getting sick. I was really getting sick at that job and I was getting overweight. And Norberto is my husband. I call him that 
day and I say, yes, literally crying. I say, I cannot keep working this. I'm really stressed. He knew that I was having this stress. And thankfully, he supported me a lot. He said, don't worry, we'll make it happen. We'll see what we can do from there. And it took me a few, a couple of weeks. I didn't want it to take so much time because, you know, you don't want to be uh, like doing nothing. Uh, We have this mindset that we need to be working. We need to be busy doing things. That was me in 2014, 2015. So that's how I research and I say, I see that I have the possibilities to work from home, to work remotely. It wasn't a thing here in Latin America, to be honest. And, and it's still uh, difficult for people to understand how, how to work remotely, how you can work uh, even in, in your own career. I graduated from business administration and I have an MBA. And I still do the things that I studied back in college, in the university, but online with other people around the world. So yeah, as you can do that. So I I deal with uh, some projections, we can say, from, from close friends, from family that, yeah, but that's not a real job. What are you going to do? How do you know that they're going to pay you? And yeah, that's... I. I I went to my background where I study and I said, no, I'm going to apply everything that I learned and I'm going to apply it to me because I'm going to build my business. So I needed to create all these things that well, we're going to talk about them uh, today. But I realized that creating a, a business, uh, I mean, if you really want to make your career your business, there's a lot of work you need to do. And you don't learn the, that in college, at least here, they teach you in college to graduate, to work for someone else, not to work from you. And and like everything you need to create in order to, to have an actual business, it, it was exhausting too. But at the end, I, I look back today after all these years and I'm so happy for everything that I did and the mistakes that I have and everything that I learned. I met so much wonderful people and clients that also helped me uh, be where I am today. So yeah, it's, it's been a, a very interesting journey. That's really interesting. Cause I think that there's a lot of that mindset that goes into, um, f- frankly for a lot of people. And, you know, I think it's, it's probably changing more and more, uh, but you probably still see it in a lot of places and with a lot of people that, you know, really, the the right way is to you know, to get to get a degree and to you know get a, a secure job and to do that sort of thing you know follow that very traditional path so you know how did you know, what were some of the things that you you did to either break out of that mindset or to you know to shift your thinking into you know I'm I'm going to create as you know something from nothing or I'm I'm going to you know, do some of these non-traditional things and create this own path for myself? Like what were some of those changes just in your own thinking in order to do that? Yeah, it's a still a work in progress. Okay. I say that it's something that once you start doing it, so journal, it sounds crazy, but it is true. Turn off in a way those rejections you receive or negative uh, conversations you receive from people or negative feedback, uh, it's hard because that affects how you want to, uh, like rejections. No, you cannot do this. No, it's not possible. Uh, you're not going to uh, get clients or you're going to fail. That's going to affect you. That actually affects you. And, and you don't feel the energy. You don't feel in the mood 
to do the things you need to do for your business. And write the copy for your website or sit down and write a proposal email for a client or for a partnership, or if you need to hire someone, you're not going to, to, to be in the right place to do that. It's difficult. It's still difficult, but you need to do it. You need to turn off that. You need to say, okay, thank you, but I'm not asking either for your permission or for your opinion. So yourself, in a, like in a nice way. Sometimes I had to say it in that way. I have to understand this with the person, but that's really important. That's a, and, and, I I read a lot and I watch a lot uh, Matt Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these people and they're right. It, it all comes to how you feel and the energy that you have and surround with people that supports you on that. We'll say, okay, I can help you with this or I will motivate you in a way. Uh, you need to surround with that, with people that have a mindset that either you have or want to have. But sometimes we just need like an extra push so try to spend more time with us right now and that will help you. Right. So I have found that that's, that's one of my big motivators. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's really good. Finding the right mindset and then, you know, continuing to, to motivate yourself around that part of that. It sounds like from what you've talked about uh, is also finding the right, you mentioned finding the right people to surround yourself with. It sounds like part of that might also be finding the right clients to work with from a business perspective. So as you shift your mindset, as you kind of talk to yourself and and get yourself motivated, it's not just about surrounding yourself with, you know, the right influences from your friends and colleagues, but also finding the right customers and clients to work with to continue to keep yourself motivated. Have you found that to be the case as well? You know, bringing the right people on as customers and clients, is that part of it from what you found? So yes, um, when I say surround with these people, not just uh, relatives or friends or colleagues, also clients. I mentioned at the beginning that I have really good clients that have helped me to be where I am today. Most of them are not clients right now active, were clients at some point. So, uh, because I also learned that we have a cycle. We're going to work during this time. There's a moment that they don't need me anymore. And then they will go back to me depending on the kind of uh, service that I'm providing. But when we are working, we build in a way a work relationship that goes beyond the service that I'm providing because we talk and we discuss a few things in with with like one or two clients I had a really good relationship beyond the work uh, we talk about uh, the situations that were ha- they were interested about what's ca- what was happening in my country uh, I was also interested about what was happening for them in, in a few situations we're talking like two years ago everything that was happening in the world and we create a really nice relationship. We talk sometimes over WhatsApp or on weekends. Hey, this is what I'm doing. What do you think? So that also helped me learn from them because they had really good uh, success. Uh, they really had good companies and, and a good way of work. And I wanted to learn from them. And they gave me that opportunity. So I, I think that when you need to surround with that, with people that you also admire. 
recently I have the opportunity to work a well, recently like six months ago with someone where kind of in a in a partnership way I I was really impressed when this person reached out to me to work with them because I really see this person from like from a while and I was saying wow I want to have a business like him like, because I really admire him and now I have the opportunity to work there and I'm learning more from this uh, from this person and yeah it's the more you have, I, I I didn't believe that at the beginning, but the more you surround with people like that, you feel better and you want to keep going. You want to keep, yes, I want more of this. I want more clients like like this company, or I want more more friends that I can talk about this. You get really excited, and I think that's something really important, especially when when it's uh, like like in my case, in my virtual partner is my husband and I, and we have a very small team. And, and we work here from home. So sometimes you need that. You need that that extra motivation and excitement to keep doing what you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that that's really good. And an important part of it because clients make up such an important part of so much that you're doing and can be, <laughs> if you don't have really good clients and customers that you're working with, I imagine that that could be a very draining thing if it's a lot of negativity that that you, that you're constantly dealing with. So I, I want to talk about onboarding clients because that is such an important part for really for any business. Um, you know, whether it's a large business or you know a, a a small business. From your perspective, why is onboarding such an important part? And and what does that process look like? Bringing a new customer on, and and why is it important? At the beginning, I took that from for granted, like, yeah, you need to onboard your clients and send the contract and invoice, but it's more than that. So I can say the reason why the onboarding of a client is as important as the onboard, onboarding, I took both, very important, is because you're giving your client, regardless that you're selling a physical product or a non-line product or a service, whatever that you sell, you need to give your clients an experience because they can uh, be good referrals for you. You can receive more clients. In our case, 90% of our clients are confirmed referrals because they like what we do. And then we receive our clients, hey, this person talk about this thing that you do. And I want this also for my business because this client, this person tell me how much fun they have working with you and how you provided this great service. So that's part of the onboarding. You need to feel your clients like every kind of clients, like they are VIP, that they receive all this best service from the beginning. So more than just sending at the beginning of when you're starting your work relationship, like, hey, these are my next steps. Here's the invoice or the contract, whatever is your like your specific process. You need to like remind them. And if we were to talk about how that process is like, OK, this is what we're going to do. Like recap on that, recap on the conversation you have with that client. Maybe it happened four weeks ago and now you're going to start with the client because Things have a, a, a process and they need to make decisions. So maybe they decided and the budget was approved to start working with you six weeks after you have the initial call. So you need to recap on that. Okay, we talk and we discuss about doing this. So I just want to recap. This is what we're going to do. Are you okay with that? Is there something more that you need? Because maybe they, ha they have more needs that 
they, they weren't existed six weeks ago or four weeks ago. And that will help you stand out in comparison to other companies that provide the same that you do, because they will say, okay, this company cares about me, cares about the needs that I have. So from there, the client will, will always have you in their minds. And in the future, they will have other requests. And the first person they are going to go is to you. Maybe you don't provide the service, but you can find a way to provide it. You can create partnerships. And, and in this world, we can find easily any other partners to provide the needs for our clients. Then you, just, you don't just want to start working with your clients and then forget about everything and, and all the admin and just uh, after two weeks or two weeks, then send them just another invoice. You want to keep them updated without having them, very similar to companies, without having them to be on top of you and asking you how you're doing with the work. So you want to provide them like the best communication system. Okay, this is how we're going to communicate. You're going to provide them weekly updates at minimum. I always suggest at least once a week. Don't wait for your clients to come to you. You need to go to them. You need to provide that for them. Um, in my case, because of the service that I do, I have I implement a, like the Asana build out and I create everything there so it's easy for them. But if you use other tool, teach them how to do that. It's not just, hey, I'm going to send you an email. Record a one or two minutes long video and share it with them. Hey, this is how we're going to communicate. If you need something, please fill this form or send me an email in this way. With that video, they're going to feel like, yes, you are teaching me how to do things because let's consider that our clients are busy people. They're not going to have time to remember things. But when they see a video, that's, that sticks in their mind. They're going to remember how to do it. So those little details, they're all a part of the onboarding, like teaching your clients how to work together, how to do things. And they're going to, to enjoy it. They're actually going to enjoy it. I also add, and this is something few companies do, an onboarding survey, okay? I'm not just going to provide to you how we're going to work, how we're going to communicate. If you have any new requests for me, because maybe you had an idea and you just want to ask me, I can do it. You can fill this form. I also add at the beginning an onboarding survey. Like, how do you want to feel? I want to know how my clients want to feel. What do they expect? Even though we already talked and the, the contract is already signed, I want to know what they expect from me. Okay. And I'm from my team. I'm from my company. I want to know all of that because when we end the contract, I mean, when, when the timeline ends, because the service that I provide has a beginning and an end, I want to compare and I have like a, a, a closing survey too to compare both and to say, okay, this is how you, this is your picture at the beginning. And this is how we're ending. This is how you feel. So Yes, we in a way, I can say that it was a, a successful project because we achieved what a client was expecting from us. So those little things are important. It's something that you just need to set up like few templates you can personalize for your clients. Uh, right now, after uh, all these years, I do have some automations at the beginning. It was all very manual. But I appreciate that. I appreciate having the time to set it, set it in a way that is personalized also to me. I have had the opportunity to see like 
from firsthand the onboarding process of other companies similar to mine. And it's so automated that there's no room to make personalizations for your client. They all need to be in the same way. And sometimes that's not good because sometimes you need to give, to give a personal touch depending on how the client is. So I'm, I have a mix. I There are things that, are, that yes, go automated, but there are things that I just wait them and I will say, okay, no, I'm going to change this in the email because this person, eh, this is not the way that we talk. I'm going to change this word. I'm going to improve this. So ha, like getting to know your clients, it's, it's going to give you that. It's going to give you how you want to treat it because the client will give you that, will give you how they want to be treated with the onboarding form. So it's it's a lot, but it's very interesting and it's very beautiful. Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like there's so many layers there in the onboarding process because you have you have almost in the entire spectrum of completely automated, which um, I I'm, I mean I can think of companies or I I can think of where we're at at one point in our current place where completely automated and almost depersonalized, and at other you know, the, the other end of the spectrum where it's completely uh, manual and you're doing all of the work all the time and you know finding the right place on that spectrum to where you can personalize in the right way, uh, the onboarding process for your customers so that you're giving them what they need, but, uh, you're not necessarily, but you're doing it in a scalable way. So it's, you know, it's not necessarily fully automated uh, to where, you know, you're not giving any uh, sort of personalization, but you're also, you know, not writing out every single email for every single person as they come on board, but finding the right place for all of that and understanding where you need to be as a company and, and in that process so that as people come on board, as customers come on board, you're understanding them and you're understanding where they are and what they need and giving them both the right level of service and then understanding, you know, what their needs are going to be and what their expectations are so that you can get them through the process and have, and and help them have the right experience because you only get that first impression once and it's, it's going to be a very important one and you don't want to to mess it up. And, and that's something that I think I'm, I'm thinking a, a lot about right now, both in onboarding processes and you obviously think a lot about in your onboarding, onboarding processes and something we all need to think a lot about because the onboarding process really sets the tone for a lot of the client relationship. And if it's not, you know, if you fully automated it and you know, you're sending out emails with, broken links and things like that, it, it sets very much a wrong tone. Or if you're not capturing client expectations and, and then the expectations don't meet what's being delivered, then, you know, there's a disconnect there and, and all sorts of things that you've touched on. So lots of interesting layers yeah. on, on that, on that onboarding process that, that are so important at the establishment of that relationship for, for a client coming on board in any form of business. And something that I want to add there, uh, like that sweet spot that you mentioned, it's not just about being trying to be perfect, but just delivering the things in the right way. Mm-hmm. 
And that's something that I learned when I, when I find when I found that uh, that middle point, I said, okay, this is how I have to do it. I have to do until this point. I can have it automated because it, it will work okay. But in this point, I have to personalize it. I have to do it manually based on my, my templates, okay? Because I want it to be I I mean I want this email to go okay to go with the right things as you mentioned don't have broken links that has happened to me in the past like i forgot to attach the folder or the link was the wrong link and that makes that that actually is like i see it from my side if i hire someone and i receive something in the wrong way what i will think is that okay this person doesn't care about me and, and that's how my clients will feel if they receive an email in the wrong way, with the wrong name or the wrong link or the wrong attachments. So yeah, there, there has to be a, a middle point. And again, regardless of if you are uh, an e-commerce business or a service provider, you have to have certain level of personalization. You don't, I I know um, and many people will, will uh, say the contrary because I have people that will say, yeah, but you can have it automated, you can do this and this. Yeah, but I I mean, it, it just doesn't feel right. And especially in my case that I provide a service, it doesn't feel right to have every step automated. I have to have a personalization for, for a few things. Sometimes I want to add an extra line that it was not in my template just because what I'm going to do with the clients or for the conversations that we have. So yeah. You, you need to have that middle point there. Yeah. And often it may depend on the type of business, like you mentioned, the type of client, like there's a lot of things that it could depend on. And so finding exactly where the right balance in that spectrum can be dependent on a lot of factors. But I, I think one of the key points being that it won't necessarily always default to one or the other. And it really comes down to understanding a lot about your business, your your actual customer, and what the offering is, and and then figuring out where you need to be in potentially multiple different scenarios, and not necessarily just you know kind of setting and forgetting an onboarding experience, which could potentially be dangerous. I I, I know we're kind of going through part of this and like reworking our onboarding experience right now, because it, it has, I don't want to say gone off the rails, but it, it is not very good right now. And so like, we have to like do a lot of rework because it yeah. was left to just not be as good as it should be. And, and it's an important, it's such an important part. Like you can't just leave your onboarding to, deteriorate shall we say so exactly yeah exactly uh, yeah so with that um what i guess what other things what other potential mistakes have have you made or other things have you learned along the way as far as onboarding goes uh because there there are obviously a lot of things that you can learn as as you go but maybe what are some other things you've learned first first mistake that i will never forget when <laughs> i first started doing doing my, my service providing work. So trying to think that 
every business similar to mine is like their processes are going to apply to me. And I I will say that I could have saved a lot of money and time buying all these courses and things. Yeah, some of them were really good. But like looking back, I wouldn't I wouldn't have done a few things like, yeah, because this person does it in this way, I'm going to do it in this way and it's going to work for me. That doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, from that, I learned that what works, I mean, what works, you can take that as an example, but then you need to, to, to map out your process. How is your onboarding process based on your service? And then from there, learning, okay, these are the tools that I'm going to purchase for this process. Sometimes we let ourselves uh, go because oh I was thought uh, I was thought that I need to purchase a hotspot and it will do all of this but maybe for me hotspot is not in alignment with how my process should be maybe it's PyDrive or Dubsado or this other tool so it will depend on that don't don't decide on the tool yet draw draw first how your process should be and then from there decide i learned that after all these years uh don't don't believe don't, don't believe that it was just at the beginning i hope so uh, another mistake well we talk about personalization don't uh, not personalizing the emails and everything it did cost me a few clients at the beginning like we we start the contract, but it was it, everything started in the wrong way, and then we didn't continue working with that client. And uh, at the end, we we were able to like bring back again a couple of them, but it was difficult. Okay, so and and that sets you also in a way that if they talk about you, they're not going to talk good about you. So that's why the onboarding is, is important, okay? Not just for the ones that are going to talk good about you, but the ones that will not go, not, not talk so good about you. So yeah, that did cost us a, a lot of clients at the beginning. So a lot of learnings there uh, that we have applied now after all these years. <laughs> I always have to highlight that because people say, oh, you're so good and successful where you are right now. Yeah, it has been a, a very long journey, seven to eight years, learning a lot of things. So it's not something that you build out so easily. It takes time. Um, time is another mistake. Like, don't try to rush things. It's better to wait. Like, if you see that there's a mistake and there's something you need to correct, don't do it in a rush just because you need to deliver it to your client, okay? So an email can wait one more day. A deliverable for your onboarding can wait one more day. Take the time to, to review it again. If you need to change something, do it. What you can do in that case is send an email to your client, like, hey, I know you were expecting this email today, but I have this kind of issue, so you, you can expect to receive it tomorrow or in two days from now. Communicate that. Mm -hmm. And that that will be okay. With I I think and including I don't want to talk about what's happening in the world right now, but there were things happening in the world. So an email for a for for a service you're going to provide can wait one day. Yeah. Okay. So take the time to review what you're going to do and if there's a mistake take the time to correct that. Don't try to do it in a rush because it will be worse, believe me. 
yeah. you're going to make more mistakes because you are thinking of that mistake at the moment. So take the time, stop, do something else, and then go back to that email with like a fresh mind. If you need to go back to sleep and take it over the next day, do it. It will be better because you're going to be with, with your mind more refreshed to have the, the, the time to focus on that. It will be better. And it will it also with a relationship with your client. Yes, you delay one day, but they know because you already told them you're going to be delayed one day. So, and that's okay. Yep. That's that's not bad. Okay. So I think this those three learnings are, are really important. No, that I think that, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So you know, we've talked a lot about the onboarding process and we mentioned a little bit earlier you know, the, the importance of offboarding as well. So, you know, as clients come on board, it's, it's really important, but, you know, as clients also move on, uh, it is important to have a, a really good process for, for that as well, because not everybody stays with us forever. As much as we may hope for that, you know, most, uh, clients will yeah. at some point move on. So what does that process look like, uh, for you and what is a good offboarding process look like? Okay, so to start a good offboarding process, to have like a kind of a goodbye email in a nice way, like uh, give it a closer to to the to the entire project that you are delivering to your client. And I'm talking in this particular case for service providers mm-hmm. like us. Okay, so you know that you're going to start working with your client, and it has a beginning and an, and an end. So you need to like highlight that, okay, we have come to an end, ready to deliver all of this for you. If you created something for your clients, like any documents, designs, uh, presentations, um, any kind of templates, documents, we all tend to use all these online tools and it's okay to have uh, like the folders on Google Drive, export them and send them to your clients because your client pay you for that. That's theirs, not yours, okay? So export them, don't have them online because it's for them. And in that way, you avoid having by mistake these folders shared with someone else, okay? It's theirs. And you can like send in an email, hey, in this email, you're going to find your folder with all the documents that I created for you, with all the, the notes that we have for our meetings. In some cases, you may have, meetings and these meetings were recorded because maybe you wanted to recap back on that. That's theirs. That's not yours. I do that. I take, and it takes me like an entire day to go back, export the, the, like the folder, the video, make sure that everything is there and then send a nice email. I don't, for that email, I don't have a template because it will depend on how the entire experience went. And I will make it like very, very personalized to them. You, you, you want to uh, be grateful with them for having that time, for, for trusting in you, for creating whatever that you created for them. And you want to give that in, in a very nice email, okay? Try to see it from your side. If you hire someone, you want to, you want to receive all of that. You want to know that they care for you. And yes, they're providing everything that I pay for. So you have to be really careful with your clients and do that for them. 
You can ask them in that email if you feel that the relationship was really good and it was a really good client and you feel that, yeah, they will be open to give me like a referral or a testimonial or a kind of a, let's say, if you have a Facebook page, if you feel they are going to go there and leave you an opinion or in your uh, Google like this, uh, I have forgot the word, but leave you kind of a review, then you can ask for that. In some cases, we feel that hmm, this time it was really good, but maybe they're not going to have the time for that. So I'm not going to ask for that uh, because I know they're not going to do it. So it will depend on that. That's why I don't have a template for that. You're going to ask for all of that. And besides asking for, for the review, you can also ask them to, to rate your work. And you, for that, you can have a form. You can use tools or forms. There are a lot. <laughs> SurveyMonkey, uh, Google Forms, Jot Forms, all these other tools. It's just what you're going to ask there. Like, hey, from uh, can you fill out this form to know how it went, our work? And very anonymous. Uh, that's why SurveyMonkey maybe is, is the better option for that. Uh, from one to five, how did you feel in the onboarding process? For one to five, how did you feel in the overall work? From one to five, uh, how would you rate um, the the designs that we are delivering? Okay, and that will give you into you can see your own like like your own rating as a service provider. Yes, I'm four to five. I can improve. I have to improve my onboarding. You can leave a, like a box for them to like to provide uh, more uh, opinions on that. That will help you improve your processes. Very anonymous. They don't need to fill out their name. It's just for you to know how your process working with your client is and to identify areas of improvement. Okay. So asking those, those, like sending them to your client and asking for those things are going to help you keep improving and being better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And then with a lot of that data and information, you know, how do you go about implementing it? After the fact, I mean, obviously you can get some, some good qualitative and quantitative data and feedback. What do you typically do with it? You know, are you looking at some of the trends and then maybe some of the qualitative feedback that you're getting? What's, what's the process for that? And then, you know, how do you go about putting some of that back into some of your processes? I receive, I use Asana. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear me talk about Asana a lot. So we have a project in Asana for, uh, we do like our entire year planning and we have our goals for each quarter and our weekly planning. I just let them see it there. And once a quarter, I go back because I, if I see them at the moment they are being filled mm-hmm. out, I'm going to be stressed like, <laughs> oh, I, I, and I'm going to be super worried. So I let them sit there in a project. And I just have like a reminder, okay, it's time to go and see what do I have for, for this quarter. And from there, then you can, uh, depending on, on the data that you have and the comments, okay, we need to we need to improve something here in the onboarding because we have a very low rate in this quarter. And then based on the, on the notes that it, you are asking uh, for your clients to provide, you can see exactly what to improve. And... Also, uh, you can decide, okay, this is not working for me, so I need to stop it and do it like revamp entirely my onboarding process or revamp entirely how I deliver. Maybe your clients are telling that they don't like how you deliver the work that you're doing. In, in, 
you are going to see it based on the, the notes that they leave there. So it, it's very interesting, but I just, I always say at least uh, it could be once a quarter. If you, you know you receive a lot, it could be twice a year. Like don't do it so often because otherwise you're going to be in a loop that you're always going to be changing what you're doing. Once, a, once or twice a year is okay. If you receive like more clients, try to do it at least once a quarter. Go back there and see what you have, okay? To make sure that, that you are improving and your client sees that. That's, okay? yeah. No, that's that's really good feedback. Uh, so you're not thrashing about with every new piece of feedback, but you're, you're taking into account trends after you're able to establish some actual trends and then, you know, getting... Sub, you know, substantial feedback and then being able to find like what the actual patterns are and then putting that into practice that that's, that's really useful yeah. and, and helpful. Cool. This has been really, really insightful. Um, I guess, are there any other thoughts that you have as far as, you know, things that you found to be, to be really useful or, or helpful as far as onboarding or offboarding or any other things that, you know, people might find useful as they're going about, you know, some of their their businesses or other things that they're doing? I think it all goes back to uh, what is your purpose uh, and what do you want to do in general? Uh, and we can talk about here, uh, not just about your business, but in general for your life. Uh, and I can say that uh, by experience, because I'm working remotely from home with my husband now, uh, he joined me after all that, uh, <laughs> quitting my job and, and all of that. Okay. But it's more about what do you want to do with your life, your business to support that. Okay. So you're creating a business, working on things that you like, but to be a support of the kind of life you want to have. Okay. I don't want to talk about, I have learned uh, a lot. Uh, and I'm, this is something that I thank to a couple of clients, a few words that I was having in my mind in the wrong way, in the purpose that I, that I thought I wanted. Uh, one of them was freedom. We are all free. There's no slavery. So yes, I'm free to do the things that I can. I just want to have the flexibility to do the things that I want to do. So when you have that very clear in your mind, when you're very clear with the purpose that you want to, that, that, that you have for yourself, for your life, and that you want to bring into your business, and you're very clear sharing that purpose with your clients. That's that's a good part of, we didn't talk about that, but so, that's something like pre-onboarding, okay? You're going to, to onboard clients that are a good fit to work together. And that's hard to find. You need to onboard clients that are in alignment with the purpose that you are building for your business, okay? That will help you have that flexibility for, uh, I don't know, do whatever you want to do. Maybe you want to work, like in my case, today I can say that we work for three to four days a week. We didn't have that eight years ago. <laughs> I was working Monday to Monday. Now now I can say that I can take more, more days of rest. There are weeks that I do have to give a little extra depending on uh, what we need to do, but having that flexibility, okay? So you need to onboard clients that are in alignment with that. With And you need to be open to share that with your clients. Like, okay, this is us. This is our purpose. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning, like, uh, I I set myself a statement that I'm a Latina with big uh, dreams and goals. 
because I want to highlight that I'm from Latin America. I'm not from the U.S. I had I had a call with someone that once said, I thought that you were an American. No, you can say that by my name. It's Barbara Ramirez. <laughs> it's not an American uh, last name. So highlighting that, that there are, there are good uh, people resources here, a lot of good people here, not just in the U.S. and Canada and, and, and Europe. That's something that I, that I want to, to, that I work for. Okay. So if I, if I'm going to go to work with a company that is not in alignment with that, that is not going to support uh, my business in any way towards my mission, then I prefer to not work with that client and work with someone that will be in alignment with that. Okay. So yeah, I will say that's also really important and that's pre onboarding. So. I think that's, that's that goes like at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably I. I think that's probably the highlight of all of this for me is finding and understanding your purpose and mission, and then crafting everything around that to support it. You know what? What is it that you want to do with your life and and your business and your work and everything should support that. And that's basically what what you've done is, is your, your work is supporting what you want to do and not, not the other way around. You know, you don't, you don't want to craft your force, your life around your work. You want to create the life you want and your work should be supporting that and, and everything else. And that, I think that's, that's great advice for all of us and find clients and customers who, who want to work with you in that same framework and ultimately they become partners with you in in doing that and you're you have a shared vision and goal in working together and and ultimately that all works together for you and for them and you become uh, good partners in that and it becomes a much better collaboration than if you were at odds with each other in in the way that you want to work and, and in what you were trying to accomplish i would imagine that is that's probably an amazing place to to wrap this up. Um, did you have anything else? Any other anything else you want to share or advice um, before we uh, get to some of our last questions here? I I think we're okay with that. It's a okay. it's a lot to to go back to and um, yeah. I think probably the ones that are listening are going to have really good learnings and books from this. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. That this has been a, a great, an absolutely great conversation. I, I really appreciate it. And it's been really, uh, really great. So uh, last couple of questions that I'll, I'll shoot over to you. Um, has there, has there been anything that uh, you've been reading or watching recently that, that you have been enjoying? Yes. Reading. I, I've been going through a lot of things internally. So Right now, I'm reading a book that in English, it could be uh, something like Seven Steps to Love from Dalai Lama. It's kind of a book, really good book to meditate. I didn't want it to go back to therapy and these things. Like, I don't want to do that right now, but I do want to have some, some changes and healing. And this book is really good because it takes you step by step in different areas of your life. I don't know if you have uh, read about like the circle, the wheel of life. Have you done that exercise where you review different areas of your life? I haven't, no. Well, 
I, I, if you can look for that, like yeah. wheel of light exercise, uh, you review like seven areas mm -hmm. of your life, personal, business, friends, relationship. This book, this book goes like in alignment with that. So like every chapter is for a different thing. And it's not a book that you just read. It's mm -hmm. a book that uh, you are reading something and you're meditating on that. You're, you're going back to uh, like a, another chapter to recap on something. It, it's very interesting. It's like I, I for me, it's like a book that I self I do self therapy for me. So it's it's really nice. So that's something I'm reading right now. Watching, uh, <laughs> this will be fun. I'm a huge fan of Marvel and Star Wars. So yeah, I'm watching uh, the book of Boba Fett and I'm going back to the Mandalorian because I didn't watch it completely. And my husband does, and I want to recap on, on what's happening there. So I'm watching those things. Very nice. Uh, yeah. I'm a fan of that. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually just finished that, uh, like two nights ago, two or three nights ago, uh, the book of Boba Fett. So that, that's a good one. We watched it as a family. So it, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. We, mm -hmm. we love all of the star yeah. Wars stuff here. Our, our, yeah. both our kids are huge fans of everything star Wars. So it's super good, super good. All right. And then very last question, uh, you know, we end with uh, product shout outs and gripes. So I don't know if you, if you have anything that you want to give a product shout out or gripe to anything you've been using or have tried recently that, that you love or hate. And if not, it's fine. But if you do, you can, you can give it a shout out or gripe to. I'm not sure if I can give it a shout out yet. I'm <laughs> just waiting. I can't wait to receive. I purchased this spot that is going to swipe the floor. Can't wait to receive it <laughs> because I have a dog and she's hairs everywhere and I have to swap the floor like three times a day. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that again. So I, I can't wait to have the robot to do all of that. And it's funny because I can't wait to see my dog, how she's going to react to that because she barks to everything. So I cannot, I don't know, it's supposed to be silent. So. I just have to wait like one or two weeks more and see how it goes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm super interested. You'll have to, you'll have to let us know how it goes. Uh, cause we, we have a dog as well. I, what, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, what kind, what kind of um, dog do you have? She, she's, uh, a mix between, it's called golden doodle, supposedly. Oh, okay. uh, I just found out recently, uh, I, we, my husband recently said she's a, she has the golden personality at, in the mornings and then she's <laughs> a poodle at nights. <laughs> but yeah, and she's so beautiful. She's just like here laying down yeah. on the floor with me that, right now. Yeah, so that, beautiful. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, we we uh, we seriously consider getting a golden doodle here in the near future, but we have a golden retriever. So we know all about the shedding and uh so that's what i was gonna say you yeah. have to let us know how the the robot vacuum does because we are golden retriever yeah. he sheds literally all over all the time and so that yeah. uh we're, we're constantly constantly vacuuming i we know the struggle so yeah. i'll be interested how how uh, <laughs> how the robot vacuum does it, it was an interesting purchase you know i'm usually the kind of person that is I'm like the opposite uh, of, and I have this conversation with someone recently, like, uh, like 
women usually take all this time to purchase something. I'm like, no, I want this. I will go there. And if I find, if I have the money, I will purchase it. If not, I will not spend so many hours seeing the good <laughs> things and bad things. I don't, I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. And the energy, honestly, I prefer to do something else or watch a movie, whatever. But for this one, I did wanted to know the right one to buy uh, because I had my doubts. So I watched a lot of videos and I have, I watched some reviews and I think I got the, the right one. I I will have to try it out and I will let you know. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm super interested. I'll I'll be excited to hear back. So we uh we, we may just have to do like another show on the robot vacuum and like hear about it. But I'll <laughs> yeah, be excited. For sure. <laughs> okay. Um Barbara, it has been really, really great talking. Uh where can people find out more about you and your business and, and everything that you're doing? Okay, so I made that very easily and you can find me in any social media except for TikTok because I just <laughs> closed that one out as at my virtual partner. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're making some changes on our website uh, recently, so it's turned down, but it will be live in the next couple of weeks. But at my virtual partner, like without the E at the end, uh, for some reason we made it in that way and it stays <laughs> that way. So. That's how it goes. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will put the links in the show notes so everybody can find the links there. And uh, again, it has been great talking with you and appreciate it. So uh, Barbara, take care and everyone, you can find the link, all the links to, uh, to that in the show notes. So uh, thanks again for listening and Barbara, thanks again for coming and chatting with us. Thank you very much. It's, It's been real fun. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks again for listening. If you like the show, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on Twitter at prod by design. That's prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter as well. If you want more product conversation, check out my newsletter product thinking at productthinking.cc. You can follow me on Medium at Kaya Larry Evans as well, or check out my Medium publication, uh, Product by Design. Thanks again.